welcome back to our message series, Do Not Fear, It's Good News. We've been looking at angelic visitations to people surrounding the birth of Jesus in the Gospels of Luke and Matthew. And this week, it's all about the angel's visit to the shepherds. For this week's story, we're going back to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord's told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. For these shepherds in the fields, the angel does not just come alone to announce the birth. The angel brings a multitude of other singing angels with him. And the glory of the Lord shines all around them, lighting up the dark night. These shepherds are, of course, greatly afraid. But their great fear turns to great joy. And once the angels leave them with this good news, they take off with great haste to go see this baby in a manger. Can't you just picture this group of young shepherds just running through the fields trying to head towards town with this flock of sheep trying to keep up with them? That must have been a sight in itself. You know, sheep can't run that fast. The setting for this story is in the middle of the Roman Empire under the rule of Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus was also famed to have been born in some divine way, sent by the gods or what have you. Augustus was considered the king of peace for his empire. And that peace was called the Pax Romana. It was a peace achieved by the suppression of violence with more violence. A peace achieved through violence and opposition is not true peace. Remember, the first hearers of this story would be making these connections. In their society, they would commonly hear the title Prince of Peace that referred to Caesar. But now they're hearing the title Prince of Peace being attributed to Jesus, this child born in a manger, a striking contrast. Not only are there different forms of peace, there are also different forms of power. The power of the Roman Empire is also achieved through violence, strength, and opposition. But God's empire is powered by radical love, humility, and vulnerability. The empire values status and strength. But God's empire values the lowly and humble. The entrance of Caesar into a city is announced with parades, propaganda, and extravagant fanfare. The entrance of God into the world is announced only to a few. Those who were deemed outcasts in, in various unique ways, sometimes quietly yet joyfully. 
The entrance of the creator of the entire universe comes in a stable to a poor couple as a vulnerable newborn baby lying in a feeding trough. A great contrast. Like I said before, the peace of the Roman Empire, the Pax Romana, comes through oppositional power achieved by the force and threat of violence. But the peace and power of God comes in the form of a baby with the power of agape. And if we stop to think about it, this makes perfect sense. Do you remember when we talked earlier this year about the five different types of love that the Greek people understood with agape being the love of God, being the most powerful? Philosopher Emmanuel Levinas speaks of agape in terms of the way we are seized in and by love for the face of others. The face of another is not his or her physical face. The face is that through which we are seized for others. Because of his or her innocence, the absolute vulnerability, it is difficult not to be seized by the face of a baby. This is not power in the oppositional sense, but it is real power. Even people who love life dearly will risk intentionally sacrificing their lives for a baby. Power in the oppositional sense does not instill such willingness unto death. Only this power, the power of having been seized in and by love for the faces of others, the power of agape, the power so perfectly manifest through the face of a baby, only his power is so potent that it can hold one true unto death. A baby's face can captivate us. We fall in love instantly, the kind of love that won't let you go. Remember a few months ago when I spoke about how dangerous gazing into someone's eyes can be? It could be dangerous to look deeply into another person's face because you could fall in. That's what I'm talking about, falling in love with the face of another. Once our spirits connect, we are willing to go to the ends of the earth for one another. We become willing to do anything to protect them. We love them so deeply, we would die for them. I wonder... When the shepherds finally arrived at the manger and got to look upon this perfect baby Jesus and were held captivated by his innocent gaze, as they were falling in love with the baby Jesus, I wonder if they saw in his eyes looking back on them, his little face filled with the love of God, I wonder if they saw him saying back to them, I'm willing to die for you too. This is the miracle that came to us at Christmas. Wrapped in strips of cloth, wrapped in mystery and contrasts, born into controversy and under suspicious circumstances. The entrance of Jesus was so disguised, so humble, that only those low enough to the ground, humble persons, could appreciate the event, could recognize that the power, the love that would change the whole world had finally arrived in the form of this innocent child. Agape love is the most powerful force on earth. It is the reason we celebrate Christmas. We have spent the past four weeks talking about angel visitations. And it's been very interesting to learn more about these messengers of God. One, that they appeared in person and were terrifying at first to behold. Not the cute little angels that we see everywhere. Two, that they had a formula for de delivering messages. First, they appeared to people, which really scared them, but they said, do not fear, it's good news. Then they delivered the message from God. Three, then the people always questioned it, and then the angel offered a sign to confirm the message. And four, 
to learn that angels can appear to us in different ways, sometimes in person, sometimes a vision, sometimes through our dreams. But let us not forget the scripture that talks about angels in Hebrews 13:2. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Yes, angels are still among us. The word angel comes from the Greek word angelos, meaning messenger. Just like the shepherds who once having seen the good news for themselves went out to spread the message, we can become messengers of God ourselves. Sometimes God uses other people to answer our prayers. Sometimes God uses other people to give us God's wisdom, to give us advice or encouragement when we need it the very most. In these instances, we can say that truly there are still angels among us. And don't we all experience this? When they appear to us in our lowest moments, when we're down or afraid or alone or without hope, isn't the first thing they say to us in some form of another, do not be afraid, it's good news. They reassure us give us hope and comfort when we need it the most. They are messengers of God bringing good news such as, this too will pass. You are not alone. God is with you and so am I. You are not forgotten about. Jesus loves you and so do I. Here's a casserole. Here's some money to see you through. Here's a hug. Here, hold my hand. And when they give us their hand, it is the same as Jesus holding our hand himself because of Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection. We have now become the body of Christ on earth. Christ is with us, among us, and in us. The miracle is the presence of Emmanuel, God with us, on that first Christmas day continues today with each new Jesus follower, each person who wakes up to the reality of Christ living within them. That's the great reality, that radical agape love transforms us so that our lives express it. That eternal light continues to shine in this world wherever we go. That is the power of God's kingdom. That is the gift the Prince of Peace has given to us all. The light of Christ that lives in us and continues to shine now and for as long as Jesus' followers live on the earth. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to all. Amen. I would like to bring you a piece of good news as well. The good news is we can leave everything just as it is. So this morning, no stacking of chairs, no hauling of things. And then there's great, yes, yay. And then there's great news. We do get to do it after the five o'clock service tonight. So that's great news if you're going to be here tonight at five o'clock, which you're, of course, encouraged to come back and join us for our Christmas Eve service at 5 p.m. When that's over, if you're able to stick around, we'll be breaking down all of this to turn it back into a gymnasium. Now, if you're able, if you'll stand and join us in singing, follow the light. Star in the sky, we behold you. How could our eyes turn away? 
You've got five hours left to invite every friend, relative, associate, stranger, neighbor you know to come back here at 5 o'clock for the Christmas Eve celebration. Newcomers, do not forget to get your gift bag on that back table. And y'all, there's a bunch of free stuff. Kids, what you going to do with the free stuff? Steal it and give it away. Glenna has a great idea. The stuff on our back table makes excellent stocking stuffers. So stop by there and get you uh, a bunch of things. All right. Um, don't forget, after the Christmas is, is over, we're starting a new message series on January 7th called Wrestling with Doubt, Finding Faith. If you, even if you don't have doubt about your faith and you don't have any questions, you're going to benefit from this message series because you're going to walk away with some excellent answers to give people when they ask you, why do you follow Jesus? Because you can't just say, oh, because he's the greatest. Well, that's not good for someone that's been hurt by a church or hurt by an angry Christian. You're going to have some excellent answers to give. So y'all tell your friends, come start the new year off right with us or with our Wrestling with Doubt series, January the 7th. All right, receive this blessing. May God bless you and keep you and make God's face shine upon you always. Go now in peace to love and to serve God and each other. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Y'all go in peace. Merry Christmas. <laughs>